It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello, my name is Dave Hanry and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 16 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's a music podcast about music and I've got four people in the room to discuss music with me on this very, very special day. Let's start by going around the table. Craig Fitzpatrick. Anderson Cooper. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's my birthday. So, you know. Woo. We sing happy birthday. We're probably not allowed to sing the actual... Birthdays? Is that a thing? Apparently so. This is the first time we've recorded one on someone's birthday. We recorded one hours before Cullum's birthday recently and then went out and got pissed. Um, and indeed hours and also mine. Yeah, I have a birthday similarly. too. I'm a real human. Well, I've been forgetting about you, Craig, because you weren't here last week. Sorry, work issues. I missed your voice so much last oh, week. That's yeah. nice to hear. Jesus. No one else did. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Zara Hederman making her grand return to the Hello. No Encore podcast. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be here with lots of jokes. And yeah, yeah. Apparently, jokes corner. apparently pining for Craig, who she's sitting next to. <laughs> so who knows what will happen there. Just my voice. Up I'm next. Voice. Up next. It's the man. The host with the most. Because I was in his house recently and I had a really nice time. Colin O'Regan. We try to impress Hagen, I'm Dave. <laughs> Why is he getting around for us? I just want to go up an awful lot. It seemed I, like I, it was going nowhere. Is then. it because <laughs> I've got a very nice house? I don't know. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Either um, way, I paid for that by Dave coming and watching me sleeping on Sunday morning. So. You said you paid for your house. Is that how you earn your income? <laughs> it, it, it's a bit of a money <laughs> spinner, to be perfectly yeah. honest, yeah. Do you I want s- to explain? I saw I your can't. sleeping, buddy. Oh, yeah, she saw your sleeping, buddy. Yeah. Which what? I saw your f- sleeping buddy. I don't know what that means. 
It's my girlfriend? No. Arf. Oh, Arf. Oh, Arf. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Arf. <laughs> I'm a little puppy. Calm yeah, yeah. relaxed again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should explain to listeners at home that I have a very small not stuffed anymore. toy this is a seal. Buckle of an intro, but go on. Yeah, it really is. Let, maybe we should just move no, no, on no, 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 no. to yeah. the next guest. Talk here. about Arf. I've got a small toy seal. Uh, he poses in a lot of strange photographs as I bring him around town. Arf. Um, yeah, that's about, that's about it. Maybe maybe I'll put a, a, a montage of them online sometimes. And so I, can I slept with them the other night. Sealed the deal. Sealed the deal. <laughs> Quite the weekend, guys. Uh, but yes, I, I wasn't watching Cullum sleep as some kind of weird uh, creep move. It was because he was he wouldn't get out of bed and I wanted to have a look at what was happening in the room. <laughs> and he was lying on his side with his arms folded. happening in the room? And a scowl in on, on his face. His girlfriend was there. She, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> no, she, noticed, she noted that uh, he really enjoys his sleep. So there She's we go. not wrong, yeah. She does me well. <laughs> okay, and finally, we have another guest. And this is 15 episodes in the making, guys. Uh, Just this intro. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, without further ado, it's Overhead the Albatross's uh, swinging uh, <laughs> six-stringer, <laughs> Vinny Casey. Woo! 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 Oh, well. That's amazing. We've had a bit of a beef with you uh, in the past. So. You've had a beef with me. I've had no beef. I've just been sitting at home kind of... Being berated, I guess. Biding his time. I mean, do, do we do apologise for that? It's all in good fun, I'm sure you know. <laughs> I wasn't involved whatsoever. This was purely Dave that was egging the whole thing on. Colm got involved. I was just sitting it out. I didn't like what they were saying about you. Um, I said nothing. I have to apologise for that because, you know, there are no innocent bystanders. But yeah. The best part about this beef is that I had seen you guys after the, f- after the podcast had been uh, recorded and you guys were having a drink in the garage afterwards and you all knew that something was up. I had no idea anything was up. <laughs> and everyone's kind of looking at me through like slitty eyes just kind of sneering away and I'm just like, cool guys, uh, I'm going to go now. And then it all unfolded the next week to my detriment. It all yeah. made sense. We uh, we coined awful. <laughs> yeah. We coined a phrase. We uh, we we we, we gave. The way he's saying we here. We coined <laughs> yeah, a phrase. The podcast. This wasn't Dave at all. On well, that joke. He literally stopped the podcast <laughs> to drop this in. I, I'm pretty sure it broke someone off mid sentence. Yeah, had to get it in. I will like do, a seagull. I, I will do that. Seagulls. What's even better was that I had to write up an interview with Luke and Ben for Hot Press. And I wrote it, and I filed it, and I sent it to copy, and it was designed and all the rest of it. And it was over the weekend. I kind of woke up one morning and was just like, oh, it's a real craving and gutless opportunity yeah, yeah. here, isn't it? And I went back in to the back end of the magazine and changed it. It's and the reason, the reason, though, I was craving and gutless is because I didn't turn up for uh, th- this podcast. The debut episode. I, I had to work. Which is the, <laughs> this is the, f- the reason I'm on it today is because it's being recorded on Tuesday, which is the only time I actually can well, let me ask you this. Uh, mm. The power of suggestion is a real thing, apparently. Do you feel craven and gutless now, after the last few I've months? I've always felt a bit craven and mostly gutless. <laughs> okay. So it kind of, it's, it's, it's worked out well for me. Well, this is your chance to take the, here now. the power back. On, yeah. mm-hmm. He's also brought me... it's lowered the bar of people's expectations of he, me. So he brought me a present, despite everything. This is true, yeah. 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 I bought, I bought better than us. birthday present. Start yeah. opening it. Okay. We, d- we don't <laughs> want complete dead air while that's going on. But, Lovely uh, wrapping paper, uh, by the way. I have some happy pink. birthday facts that I looked up especially oh. for today. Okay, let's throw one out right now. So, happy birthday first appeared, like the music and the words together, in print for the first time in 1912. Oh, well. Strangely yeah. enough, today's date is the 12th. Oh, <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> two numbers. There are two numbers. In fact, I know that it's 123 years old and was written by a school teacher from Kentucky. Two teachers. They yeah. were sisters. You interviewed her, didn't you? No. <laughs> 
the hell is this? So this is a hand drawn picture <laughs> of uh, of Dave's favorite beetle, Dora Tarzan. Amazing. I think you'd like it. Who did this? <clears throat> it was still especially for you, man. And it's George in kind of a Fisher's cap. He's <laughs> clearly says, enjoying retirement. Says, says Harry Krishna on it. Harry, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, definitely looking a bit Noel look. Edmonds there, isn't he? <laughs> this is terrifying. He, he, he looks like he's looking into my soul. In a good way. Be. He's going to put that in the middle of the day. And now oh, he can watch you to... sleep. Thanks oh. very much, Vinny. No I really appreciate man. it. Um, no worries at all. He's watching Elvis. I, I no, I I can't look at that for the rest of the show. No, <laughs> I think I think he's you watching. I think you're going to have to. Yeah. Who did it? Honestly, man, it's a, it's a re-gift. I'm not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> oh no way! You should have said Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Ringo original. It was just hanging around my office, and I was like, you know, who'd love that. Well, you know where it's going to hang around now. It's going to hang around this office because I ain't taking that home with me. No Enjoy it. Enjoy that album. Okay, uh, let's actually start the show. Cullum, you went to a very small underground gig at the weekend. Yeah, understated. Tell us about it. Uh, Beyonce was in Croke Park. And having seen her before, I guess I kind of had an idea of what to expect. And it certainly lived up to what you would kind of have in mind when you're going to a gig like that. You know, like the production is absolutely immense. The big screen alone was the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen at a gig, to be perfectly honest. Um, they had that sort of water-based B stage where she did Freedom with oh, Kendrick okay. at yeah, the yeah. BET. That was the B stage for the last couple of songs, at least. It's a massive walkway linking the two, which doubled as a treadmill. Um, you know, team of dancers are awesome. The band was great. It had all of those that you'd kind of expect, I think. But the one thing that was different from two years ago was obviously what's happened in the interim, which is Lemonade. Um, because you realize that two years ago, you didn't even think of Beyonce as human. If you know what I mean, and I, no, but like, and, and I don't mean that in the sort of Taylor Swift is a robot sense, right? I'm, but she is. No, but I mean it in the sense of like the Queen of England or the Pope or something, you know, where they're just so removed from normality that you can't imagine them doing anything normal or Reptilians, being normal. In other words, you're talking about the Illuminati, essentially. Is Not even <laughs> no, because like even people you acknowledge are people, but you just can't imagine them. I don't know, like giving someone a hug. Or changing their socks or making a sandwich or something, you know, like normal human behavior, sort of mundane shit. Um, Sleeping with their arms folded. Yeah. As a friend gazes upon you. If, if, that's <laughs> not normal, <laughs> lovingly, but we can go with that. Uh, <laughs> but with Lemonade, like her most personal album, it, it's also been like kind of her most human album. And so, like, a lot of the older songs, even now, you get them a bit more. You buy sure. it a little yeah, bit more. That makes sense. Even like, I mean, she did Survivor from from like the Destiny's Child catalog, which by now must be what seventeen years old, something ridiculous like yeah, that. 16, yeah, 17 years 15, old. 16. Um, but that sense of defiance, you actually buy it a little bit now. Whereas before, you were kind of like, oh, this is a kind of a cynical anthem to, you know, refresh yeah, the Spice of, Girls thing three or four years. Now it's later. like reimagining the context of what's gone on for the last year or so. Apparently yeah. within our kind of personal life. Now I don't know if anyone else in the entire stadium was thinking that, or even if they were, <laughs> or if they were just thinking, "Oh, she slays." But uh, but that's what I got out of it anyway. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I must say. Were you up close? Were you kind of no? I was, I was in the stands. And sorry, that's the okay. other. That's the other thing to point out that after the criticism for uh, Bruce Springsteen and stuff, they made a big deal about advertising the sort of you know sound management system that they were using. Okay, apparently it's been designed especially for the tour, and it was fucking perfect. 
Nice. It was absolutely perfect. So well, overhead the albatross member Joe Panama, I believe, worked on the gig. To some uh, yeah, he did. He's he was he, a dancer. He does, he's, <laughs> he's number one backup dancer. He's, on, he's just incredible. That's his. That's his true passion. I don't know why he even plays with us. I think it's just to keep our profile up. That's why he stays sure. with us. Yeah. It's yeah. very nice of him. Yeah, it is really nice of him. He's an altruistic human being. We have to pay him a lot of money though. <laughs> It's very expensive. But no, he did. He helped out with the rigging, which looked pretty intense, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like the, that screen thing. Sorry, like I called it a yeah, it's screen. Called, it's called the behemoth or something like it, that. The monolith. The monolith. Yeah, and it, it's a four-sided, like, I think it's 60 foot high. And, yeah, at least like 30 foot wide, 20 feet deep. And it rotates. So it's on, you know, some sort of suspension thing. And it That's also Joe holding it up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it also opens in half to have, like, dancers suspended within it. And stuff, yeah, it's it, an insane contraption. But then again, if you're playing something the size of Croke Park, you kind of need it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I to go bring to... bring the people in. Yeah, and I go to gigs there, and I mean, even the stadiums go, Croke Park is massive. Just the size of the field is ridiculous. So if you're sitting at the far end, you're going to need something truly huge to kind of get bang for your buck from there. Mm. Um, but but that, ha- having said that, Ed Sheeran played... Was it two nights there? With yeah, him and his guitar. It should be said he seems to be the exception yeah, more than the rule so, yeah. at this stage. Uh, you mentioned the whole you know kind of her seeming you know more human than or you know more alien than human. Mm-hmm. Did she talk much? Did she was there much in the way of crowd interaction? Was there even any kind of big political statements or anything? Or was no, just... there was there was absolutely nothing by way of political statement. Because I think it was uh, was at her Glasgow gig. She made a point of doing that. Yeah, well, it, I think it was like a little dis- well a little display, huge display given the size of the screen uh, of the names of the people who've died in gun violence over the past little while. She also released a, a kind of a statement uh, earlier that day on the Saturday. And I can only assume that that was her attempt to kind of draw a line under it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's something that, you know, you could say something different about every night. Um, to be perfectly honest as well, I'm not sure how much or how well or what sort of reaction she got from the crowd in Glasgow. Because I've seen it a couple of times where artists make appeals or make statements on very American issues and everyone to Irish audiences. Yeah. And everyone just goes, hmm, what? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, in fact, we saw it bizarrely uh, at, at Macklemore. He did a whole Black Lives Matter thing, and yeah. there was an awful lot of people in the crowd just going, "That's not really an issue here, mate." Yeah, mm. yeah, and it was it was very powerful the way yeah. it was done. And the, I felt like it was totally in front of the wrong crowd. The greatest one that I'd ever seen was uh, here. It was a country artist who was started shouting about the Second Amendment, and there was loads of people in the crowd just going. Hmm, what? <laughs> We're getting guns? <laughs> <laughs> there, mean, there, there was a First Amendment? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, does, does he mean the Eighth? I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so no, that, that was absence. There was quite little talking, to be fair, but that's never going to be the point of the show. It's, it's incredibly well drilled. It's just bang, 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 bang. And obviously even, you know, things like costume changes have yeah. to be so carefully, carefully choreographed. Did she have many costume changes? Five or six, I would think. Um, and as well, that means costume changes for all of the dancers and stuff. It, like, there's no part of it is done. this is done by halves. Um, the one, I guess, spontaneous moment was like, yeah, the crowd just went spastic at one point and she couldn't think, she couldn't hear herself. And she couldn't hear the intro to her next song, so she just had to kind of wait for it to die down. I was going to say, I saw it and it looked like that kind of, you know, Michael Jackson at the Super Bowl moment where he just is standing there for minutes and minutes. Um, and that was just totally spontaneous. It wasn't even at the opening. Or, yeah, no, 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 or, no, 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 no. It was halfway through. And oh, okay. um, yeah, and she was just standing there smiling, which frankly in itself is one of those unusual things that you'll only Very see at Beyonce Live yeah. because she doesn't smile anywhere else. Um, bitch. Well, I've seen her smile a few times. Yeah, <laughs> rarely though. As Zara's jokes, whenever she yeah throws no. them at her. Um, 
It sounds like the kind of thing that a lot of work goes into, and like you have to really work very hard to perfect it. Oh yeah, much like uh, Vinnie Casey's promised. What's this impression? Oh yeah. Of, oh uh, no, no! But I, the, the, the impression, <laughs> the impression doesn't come yet. Basically, basically, <laughs> I have. Uh, I'm pretty good at doing impressions, and if I do uh, say so myself, yeah. if I do say so myself, and what I've been, I, I know that I'm going to be. I've known that I'm going to be coming on this podcast for a while, so I've been working on my on my Dave Hanrady impression. And so what I've been doing is my little home studio at home is I've been taking little sections of this podcast and then re-recording little bits. I'm and scared. If anyone like if anyone like comes over or anything like that, I'll play them the version of you and then the version of me. And very very rarely can people tell the two. Apart. This is not really wow. making this up, right? No, this is all this is all totally legit. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it after the second beer though because I need to water <laughs> myself up first. So you know the way Overhead took so long to release that first album. The second one sounds it like it's going longer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not getting distracted in the studio. Uh, but, in the th- but there's a lot more to impressions than you think. There's a lot more to to little subtle nuances to how how infle- people inflect in their voices and stuff like that. And I've been mm-hmm. studying you pretty closely, and I think I think I have a, a pretty good one. But as I said, I'm gonna have to water myself up just a little bit more. He's like, going you know to what? be wearing your skin. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to move this podcast along while Vinny gets busy drinking because I really want <laughs> to do this soon. <laughs> we, we, we are recording this podcast quite a bit ahead of time as Vinny just mentioned partially because it's Dave's birthday Yo. and partially for other reasons so uh, yeah forgive us 23 our, by the for, way for, for, forgive us if our news is we always like us to meet being 23 cheers 23 bro. 23 let's pretend you're 23 thanks guys yeah. So our news is slightly old uh, at this point. Perhaps. We don't know. And in fact, this first one might actually be confirmed. Um, How stupid are the producers of Celebrity Big Brother? Well, they're considering having Azealia Banks on. And Lil' Kim. Maybe they're genius. um, But no, Azealia Banks seems to be just like descending into career hell. And this would probably be like the inner circle, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Um, this is pretty much the lowest low. It anyways, really yeah. is. I mean, it's not even the Channel 4 Celebrity Big Brother. It's now on Channel, Channel 5. five. Yeah. Um, so she'd be joining, apparently, Robert Sheehan, Misfits actor. You I, I him saw you. Yeah, That's quite a cup fall from Grace What's for him. What's happening with him? He seemed to be like on the on his way to... Yeah, he was on the up and up big time. Yeah. I saw him interviewed on maybe he won't be on re- it, but, a yeah. TV show recently and he's awful, awful person. he just seems very he had just done a Shakespeare play and I remember I can't remember who Tommy Tiernan was the host and he was like oh like can you give us maybe one or two of your lines and Robert totally was like oh I don't know if I can remember them bounces in as if it's his leaving cert and he's going in to do like his English paper one or two and it's there for a good two three minutes just Soliloquine well, his heart out. Well, at least he was prepped. Yeah, um, he was totally something. prepped. And now he's going on Big Brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've also got uh, Misfits. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare, Big Brother. Um, yeah, you've also got a uh, Bobby George on that list. Uh, uh, darts he, player. He the dar- darts player who wears lots of rings and talks about ton eighties a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so you've got Sam Fox. It says here you have model who doesn't wear a lot of clothes. It says here you have Coronational Street star Helen Flanagan. Yeah. I think that was some strange. Uh, predictive text I think she gets her clothes off as well yeah and um, grime MC big nasty well this is also interesting because Azealia Banks went on that massive rant mm. where she said the grime scene in the UK and UK hip hop was absolute dirt and it's rubbish and it's not a uh, genre whatsoever so 
Yeah, fireworks. I love I won't the. Be watching. I love the. <laughs> I love the obviously the obviously made up quote by a it, quote unquote insider. insider yeah. Producers are thrilled they finally got her. It's taken a lot of cash, but they're confident she'll be worth it. Like really, you can't do any better than that when you're making up quotes. Mm-hmm. People making up insider quotes is just the most ridiculous thing that happens in journalism. Does that ever happen in hot press? I certainly would not do it. No. Oh, okay. I, I, I managed to hold my hands up and admit when I don't know anybody in the inside <laughs> yeah. of these things. Yeah. I, like the, I like the way here, though, that insider is in inverted commas as mm. well. Yeah. Oh, that's true. As, yeah, as, yeah, though yeah. They, like, as though they yeah. don't even do <laughs> it. So jaded. Sure. It's, um, and and Lil Kim. Have you seen Lil Kim recently, by the way? Oh, no. She, just the amount of surgery she's yeah. had done, she's a different person. It's oh, terrifying. Yeah, she's quite plastic. She's a different yeah. race. I read magazines, well. Vinny. <laughs> Craig uh, is a, yeah, is, is, is a business journalist yeah. for News Talk, but I'm wondering if he's moonlighting. This was the part of, of the podcast. She was in I The was Economist. She was, was in The Economist. I, I, no, I was just like, Frank, I'm going to have to look up who this little Kim one is. <laughs> Moving <laughs> along to a more highbrow fair. Frank Ocean, we've been waiting for an album for four years now. Hey, we're um, getting it? Well, apparently we're getting it this month, but maybe not. Um, we might be getting a novel, though. Um, so apparently he's been working away on a novel. Um this has kind of come to light because he was in a Calvin Klein ad and fans like investigated the ad or the source code of the ad and it kind of has said something along the lines of he's working on a novel. Um, I tried that. I, I went into the source code. I checked I it out. I didn't removed, come up. They must have removed it. Yeah, I said it, yeah. I got rid of it. Um, but he had been quoted before saying he might write a novel next. So um, it seems like it might be likely. Do you know what I thought was actually quite nice? Um, I was reading about it earlier and on his website seemingly they put up this image of say like a library book and you know they have the due date slip of paper. Sure, yeah. So seemingly it's been pushed back the date 15 times. But if you think about it, using the library book and he's making a novel, it's a nice little kind of... Yeah, marriage of where his career is. That going. doesn't make up for the fact that I'm still waiting for the album, does it? <laughs> and also, to, to, be, to be perfectly honest, if he does come out and say, you know, oh, I've made a novel and an album, <coughs> if the novel isn't good, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> uh, is there a, is there a worse expression as the one that we see in this article where it says "eagle-eyed Reddit users"? Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, in fairness, they are pretty eagle-eyed. Mm. Reddit's a strange place. It's um, pretty good. For example... It's a very strange kind of underworld, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I mean, like, for example, like, uh, that film, you know, Go- the Ghostbusters reboot, which is out in cinemas now, and uh, I've seen it. I really sure. enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Dave um, very generously took my girlfriend to give me an afternoon oh, on my own. No. After, I, after I watched him sleep, I stole his woman. This is like the start of some really bad 90s kind of thriller where you just take over his life or something. The <laughs> Watcher. <with> the enemy. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is the Watcher. Dave Hannity is Keanu Reeves as the Watcher. Um, yeah, I went to see Ghostbusters at uh, the special screening thing and um, yeah, brought Cullum's lovely girlfriend. I made a good time. Um, <laughs> moving in next week, but um, I just watched the tennis at home. Was it was a delighted. it was a funny movie. I enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly wasn't worthy of the sabotage that they, there's a campaign against this movie because women are in it, and it is total fucking misogyny. It's the most disliked Absolutely. trailer in YouTube history. It's but gross. If, even when that trailer came out first, I was like, "Fuck yeah, that looks amazing. It looks funny." It I looks didn't think the trailers good. were very good, but the film pleasantly surprised me. I, I from the start, I couldn't believe the the outrage from it. It's, it's insane. It was insane. Yeah. Well, the it's, main it's, thing- it's so it's so. Blatantly misogynistic as well. Oh, the main thing yeah. that strikes me about it is the way that 
people giving out about it have managed to elevate the original Ghostbusters yeah, yeah, into like the Citizen Kane yeah, it's insane. of like, the like, 1980s. It's, it's, it's a good movie, you, but like... literally ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah, it's like if your childhood was built around <laughs> Ghostbusters... Well, I someone ruined it already, mate. Right? I ran out of Ghostbusters 2 uh, when I was a kid, when the painting came to life. Ran into Back to the Future 2, which is playing next door. And uh, I, I don't regret it, because Ghostbusters 2 is shit. Um, Dave, by the way, you're blowing your cover on the 23 oh, years. Old. <laughs> <laughs> don't do the maths. Don't do the maths. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a special retroactive screening that they in, in 2010. Uh, I ran out. Of the it was so scared. retroactive that they managed to go back to the future. Scared of a painting. Um, Outdoors, the DeLorean. <laughs> but um, out of the cinema, straight into the not to suddenly become a film podcast or anything. But like that kind of point there about you know it's child, been coming. childhoods. Yeah, <laughs> time time for the switcheroo. <laughs> Um, no, Encore. That's what it can be called. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, the thing about childhood's being ruined, uh, there's some great kind of photographs from the premiere of Ghostbusters in America where one of the actresses is leaning down to say hello to a little girl and there's another little girl right next to her looking at her like it's her fucking hero. And there were lots of kids, lots of kids at the screening I was at the other day who absolutely loved it. And I think a lot of girls who would have seen that, you know, in that kind of 10 to 12 age range would walk out being like, cool, that's fucking great. It's very empowering. Yeah. But... What's not empowering is dickheads on Reddit who start threads like this when uh, the screenings happened and their first reviews came out and a lot of them were positive. Someone actually started this thread and wrote these words. Okay, so obviously the reviews aren't as bad as we had hoped, so what more can we do at this point to make sure the public knows it's terrible so that it bombs? We were doing a pretty good job of filtering out positive reviews, but they consolidate, uh, consolidated them into a mega thread, and now people are starting to say that maybe we were wrong. Is there any way to easily get the word out on social media that the positive reviews are probably all paid for? <gasps> Can you imagine being that guy? The thought, and it is a guy. And the thought and effort and energy that goes into doing that, like, it's and then being like, "Yes, let's just, do it." Sad. Just let people make up their own opinion. About it's the just thing. a fucking. Unfortunately, movie. Vinny, the thread below that that he'd posted in was "re learning to growl." Hell, <laughs> <laughs> I just got the shit album by Amanda. But yeah, anyway, uh, fun movie. Go see it. Uh, also, uh, on the subject of other movies, the Neon Demon is out, and I'd recommend that. If, if, <laughs> just, you got to get a full just, review. I was going to say for its music. Uh, primarily because the music is, is exceptional but uh, anyway let's uh let's move on uh, yeah frank ocean i i i'm i as i I'd agree with colin i would rather have the album of course I I after being any good novels or kind of literary works Nick from Cave. musicians yeah. i suppose yeah. he's done it well yeah i read again today josh ritter apparently wrote a phenomenal book and i read that when i had to interview him and it was very good yeah it wasn't phenomenal but it was well written <laughs> yeah no i heard it was pretty yeah, good it was actually right, good, yeah. Yeah. i kind of admire it though because I also, recently I read that Danny Brown, he wants to write a kind of Dr. Seuss-style yeah, book. Yeah, children's. I yeah. would definitely read that. For, like, cool, empowerment. Yeah. Not children, I think but. that would be stretching Danny Brown's literary abilities, to be perfectly I, honest. Really? Children's book? Craig, you want to right teach the man how to use a, a kettle. kettle. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that lesson will be in the book. But Actually, like, children should was be this a particularly kettles. technical kettle? Or was no, it's just a kind of switch, What a band they were. Technical kettle. That, Angular that, that troublesome second album. That really fell apart on that second record. Uh, yeah. on the I, I did like that one of them went on to form perpetual spinach, though. Remember that? <laughs> Fucking hell. Perpetual oh, spinach. God, be the days. Saw that in Super Value, yeah. A bag of perpetual Are spinach. Are cattle actually a band? No, but they should be. Oh. They really should be. We'll start, we'll start it now, officially. Okay. Uh, on the subject of Josh Ritter, by the way, I remember I once said to you, I was like, uh, I was like, this Josh Ritter song is great, and it was like, Girl in the War. And your response was, oh, you're on the Ritter, man. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Ritterland. Yeah. You never got to the Ritter. <laughs> So, did you get your heart broken today? Like? <laughs> Went down to the Ritter. But yeah, Last he, time I talked to Josh Ritter, there was just this brilliant kind of 
hit the brakes moment where I was like, you know, I always loved the way, you know, like you write so much about like farmland and country and like kind of middle America and, you know, it, it's just really evocative. Um, can you kind of describe the scene right now? And he was like, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> he just moved there, apparently. He's changed. Ruined everything. So was that a real, like, you know, like you're scratching that uh, out on your piece of paper when you're on the phone? I had that, I had that once with the, um, the guy from the Gaslight Anthem. Mm-hmm. Brian Fallon is that his name? Yeah, he was a he was a very nice guy. Um, he uh, when I rang him, he was buying a suit for a wedding, and he asked, "Could it, could it, could I call him back in five minutes?" But I called him back in ten minutes because you know I'm cool that way, and that was my entire intro for the piece. And Craig was like, "That's been done, mate." <laughs> and I thought, I thought you calling grand. yourself cool has been yeah. done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had a, a new project called the Horrible Crows. It was his side project with one of his mates, or I think like his guitar tech or something. And I had written so not his mate. Well, like, they, <laughs> Just the guitar <laughs> they sounded a lot like the Gaslight Anthem. Okay? Yeah, it's kind of like what's the point? Yeah, and I had written down like on my list of questions. I had, like I don't want to. What's the point? No, no, no I, I, that was always your go-to. So why are you doing this? <laughs> Number five. Do you think you shouldn't point? do this? Uh, I wrote. Uh, I had a line where I said like uh, I was going to go. You know, like some side projects are all about getting as far away from you know the original kind of sound as possible. But this one feels quite tethered to what you do with the Gaslight. Blah, 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 like, and then, but while he was answering another question, he went. And obviously, this is so different to what we do with yeah, the Gaslight like Anthem. Line through that, and I was just like, <laughs> like yeah. "Thank God I didn't get to ask that question." Well, at least you didn't ask him how it felt now that everyone hated him, which you've done before. Who did I do that to? Shout Amanda, out Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer, yes, <laughs> friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> do, she, well, it's my birthday. We should tell that story. Uh, go uh, ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So, gather around, listeners. Um, Feels like there should be chimes until I bring Alan, you back. This was this was about what three years ago. I think it was 2013, and at very short notice, uh, the editor of State Magazine was like, uh, can you interview Amanda Palmer tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Why not? So I'm doing my research. No, I think it was, I think I had two days prep, because I remember I met you, uh, we had cans in the pav after you got off work. Sure. And Why we were not? sitting there, and we were chatting away. <laughs> cans, I, cans in the pav, great band. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I turned around to you, and I said, oh, I'm interviewing Amanda Palmer tomorrow. And you said, oh, that'll be interesting because everyone hates her at the moment. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I didn't suggest it as a question. I made, a, <laughs> friend of the show. I made a mental note of that. And, you know, uh, the reason for that was, long story short, she did a Kickstarter and basically said that she was going to pay people in hugs and beer and whatever and not actually pay them uh, like for it to do with her gigs. Like additional musicians she was trying to recruit. Her Kickstarter, I think she wanted like a hundred grand. She got a million in the end. It was something yeah. nuts like that. And then other musicians like Owen Pallet. Steve Albini was kind of like uh, coming out and criticizing her pretty hardcore. And she then relented eventually, but then she also wrote a poem for the Boston Bomber. She, you know, she like was really getting it in the neck from a lot of fellow musicians and uh, journalists and stuff. So uh, I'm on the phone to her. (laughs) (laughs) So smash cut to Dave being on the phone to her. (laughs) Smash cut to me being on the phone to her. And she was getting out of a cab and going to the airport. Like it was all like, it was, it was a real, it was, it was bad to begin with. Like the phone signal went down at one point. And about four or five like questions one in, day. yeah, about five, about five questions in, I said, and I quote, "So Amanda, I was He's speaking himself here. <laughs> Can you do that, <laughs> uh, Amanda? I was speaking to a colleague yesterday, and I noted that I was going to interview you today, and he said that'll be really interesting because everyone hates her at the moment." 
And I said, obviously a very flippant statement, but, you know, given the criticism that you've been receiving lately from other musicians and journalists based on blah, 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 do you feel that that's a fair assessment? You know, do you... Feel- <laughs> it's not a fair assessment. <laughs> Something like that. It's I was fair like, to everyone hates like, you. I was like, no, I think it was more like, do you feel that way? Like, do you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you should, because you should. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make that clear. And yeah, then she kind of paused and then went no, and uh, she like explained why and it went on. And it wasn't she wasn't too terse about it. It was fine. Uh, the interview went on totally grand. At one point, I asked her, uh, apart from one other bump in the road, when I when I when I, when I, when I said to her, uh, "Does it, do you feel good that Zach Braff has stolen some of your Kickstarter thunder because he was getting similar criticisms?" And she said, no, because that's the difference between me and all the haters out there. And I was like, okay, Jesus Christ, uh, let's move on. But if you read the interview, you read the transcript, it's very interesting in terms of like, you know, like uh, no point does it get kind of weird. And, you know, I could have wrote it three different ways. At one point I did. Because, Dave's now gone to read the transcript. Because, <laughs> because, yeah. uh, because of uh, uh, what happened was I wasn't on Twitter at the time. Okay. And I. Dark days. Probably good <laughs> that I wasn't on Twitter at the time because I just had this feeling like I just like about ten minutes after the phone went down, I just was like, I just had, I just had this feeling, mm. and I went onto Twitter and I looked up Amanda Palmer's Twitter account, and she had made two tweets about me oh. to her million followers or whatever it is, and she said, "Dear Irish journalist, maybe don't begin an interview with me by telling me how much everybody hates me and uh, being like sympathetic about it or whatever." And then uh, all the responses were like, "Who did this? Uh, what do they say? This is, how dare they? Uh, you know, we love you, Amanda." And then her follow-up tweet was, to be fair, uh, he was merely quoting what a another musician had said, which is not true, because you're not a musician. Craig. I can play a bit of guitar. Goes, I mean. <laughs> uh, she goes, he's merely saying what another musician had said, but that just made it hurt so much more. Yeah, oh. really hard. But in your defense, if this was three years ago, you're only 20. Yeah, yeah, see, exactly. there you go. Yeah. Just a young, was a young, yeah. a young book. This is yeah. true. Cutting Plus, at least it was to Amanda Palmer, because frankly, if this had happened with Mark Kozlik, I imagine that he would write a song, Kill Moon song, that began with the exact lyrics from that first tweet. <laughs> Dear Irish journalist, yeah. maybe you shouldn't begin an interview with me by saying how much I hate people hate me, and then blah, 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 blah. Precisely, yeah. I like Mark Ooh. Kozlik. And hey, like, Amanda Palmer, I think, is a really good musician. Uh, talks too much, but hey, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and with that, <laughs> with that, we have that in common. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to switch my microphone off now. Someone's going to get this to her, aren't they? And then it's going to be a thing. She's going to call me out on Twitter eventually. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really should have mentioned the last... I was talking to her not so long ago, and I really should have, <laughs> mentioned, I should, really should have mentioned you. You should um, have. Yeah, because there, there was a bizarre period, actually. And I was thinking, am I going to end up having a beef with Amanda Palmer, too? Where we'd missed each other legit four times or something. Once, it was just after Daylight Savings had switched in the States. So sure. first, her record company got the time wrong. And so I ended up missing her by an hour. Second time, it was around the time that herself and Neil Gaiman were um, editing the new Spectator, I think it was. Or okay. was that a new statesman? Sorry, yeah, that, sounds, that sounds like yeah, what they I would do, doesn't yes. it? Yeah, they, they were guest <laughs> editing for a weekend, yeah. so like, uh, yeah, she just missed me. She was in a meeting or something. Fair enough, legit. Then she actually rang me back while I was on my lunch, uh, to which I brilliantly came back to the receptionist of Hot Press, just kind of sitting there, just going, Amanda Palmer literally just rang for you. 
does this thing happen? Hold my calls. No, but then she was like, does this thing happen a lot here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get used to this. The interview that I have with her started with me actually saying, uh, oh, I saw you played with Neil Gaiman last night. That must have been cool. And she said, well, yeah, it was great to finally meet him. And I was like, oh, great. It's going to be one of those interviews. Is it? She also ended the interview by saying, Sarcastic, like she it. ended the interview by saying, can you do me a favor? Please don't make this about controversial Amanda Palmer. And I felt like, oh, well, you've done that yourself, haven't you, love? <laughs> uh, but to be fair, I, I, and if the interview didn't, this story did. <laughs> to be fair, if you, honestly, if you read the transcript, I, I could have. <laughs> I could have. Oh. It's on a court, right? I, I, I Where is this transcript? It's on state. I call it the curious case of Amanda Palmer. We keep hearing about this transcript. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the documents. I'm like Tom along with the alien. But like, honestly, Wait, if you like Tom, I could have oh. easily sensationalized it. I could have made it about me. I was going to include the tweets at one point and write around it that way. But I didn't. I didn't mention the tweets at all. I didn't. And I included my 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 ramshackle bad, perhaps quote unquote wrong question. Uh, ultimately, could I have phrased that question a little more delicately? Sure thing. Am I glad I asked it? Absolutely. So anyway, that story. <laughs> Nick McCarthy has left Franz Ferdinand. Um, That's yeah. Nick through. McCarthy. N- Nick. Um, yeah, he told he told the rest of Franz Ferdinand to shove it up their bollocks. Walked <laughs> <laughs> out. Um, yeah, no, he's basically said touring schedules and commitments are just a family. bit unreasonable so when you've got a young family. It does seem like Franz Ferdinand might be winding down though, doesn't it? Just there's that sense that they're kind of moving on to different things. They did that record obviously with Sparks. So. Yeah, the FFS thing. They, 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 they are going yeah. back into recording a new album, aren't they? They are, but yeah. I don't know. It just seems to be fizzling out. But yeah, but like, it sounds like they want to commit to you know both a new album and a tour afterwards, otherwise he wouldn't be leaving. Sure. Um, but it's interesting, I actually talked to Metronomy about this. It, the one of the few times that I can remember, he basically released his new album, and even before he came out, said, I'm not touring this. He went to his label and said, I'm not going to tour this album. Now, I think they compromised in the end, and he kind of signed on for an extra album on the deal. But, um, yeah, he's now going to take a year and a half off to stay with his young family in France. Mm. And he was... He's really, really pleased about it, I think, because his new album's actually called Summer 08, which is the last summer that he had off. Okay, okay. Take the hint. Like. So, yeah. But, but there, was, there was something in the actual press release, for, or I think it just went up on Facebook, where they were like, uh, something like, we wish we could say it was artistic differences, but it's just not that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what brought the band together in the first place. So it's it's purely because of of just they're getting old and he needs to be with his family, I guess. There is a bit of this, exactly. And they also actually stress that it's not a permanent situation and that it might change in the future. So if it does... Um, Nick's actually uh, making music with his wife now. Oh Yeah, I heard he's got a side project, right? Yeah, the band, it's just him and her and it's named after her, which I think is very, very dangerous. In if they split up. <laughs> no, no, because, I don't know, I feel that if there's two... There's the couple in it. Should be at least his name too. It's what's a bit the name can you, can you sign This it podcast was always almost named Craig. So <laughs> <laughs> it was actually so almost I named. Feel your idea. It was honestly um, almost named something different though. It was. I feel, yeah. I feel like it's. I want to talk about it. What, mm, begins with M anyway. It's a lady's name. Obviously. Mary. No, <laughs> no, Mary. <laughs> it is. Can I have Mary? <laughs> Four points. How, how would you feel if a lad named a band after you? Would that be weird? There's a shop named after me. Is that one named after you? No it's actually way. named after you, though. No, but I do get asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a <laughs> Well, if there's any <laughs> listeners out there named HMV <laughs> trying to convince, oh, there's a shop named after me, there won't be for much longer. <laughs> there won't yeah. come. An amazing segue there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so HMV. 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 HM
the opening of Birmingham. HMV. That was my German there, right? Yeah. Okay. What was HMV? What was that? HMV. <laughs> I was trying to cough and also talk. <laughs> After Colin being so professional, but, but, I just ruined it. But, but you, sh- you shouldn't try and cough and talk at the same time, Craig. I know. Like, the, the, I know. I'll never surely learn. that's a skill Maybe you should learn. Maybe when I'm 23. <laughs> HMV. Anyway, it went away. I obviously forgot how to pronounce it. <laughs> then I came back and we're all excited. But now it's going again, like less than less than a year later. I know Liffey Valley only op- reopened back in October, but the last kind of four stores are now closing. The Belfast one's going to keep open. That's the biggest one left in the world. But uh, yeah, they're doing away with it. Um, and obviously ExtraVision went the way of the dodo. Shocking that the ExtraVision collaboration didn't save them, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? No. Uh, I worked for ExtraVision many years ago when people actually did queue up on a Saturday night um, to, to rent DVDs for... 525 or whatever it was um, genuinely it was like chaotic like fucking you run off your feet and that would have been I don't know mid 2000s I guess uh, show made like four years old yeah. four years <laughs> 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 I, was, I was ahead of I'll tell you I've lived it was at least high infants at that stage <laughs> <laughs> senior infants curious case of Benjamin Hanra right <laughs> but yeah it's uh, <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed that job until I didn't, and uh, I guess the public really enjoyed Activision until they didn't, and that's the same with HMV. But to be fair, like this is un- it's unfortunate to see. Uh, you wish physical formats and shops with human beings in them still existed. You know, I mean, this is the one thing, and I guess living, and I'm sure that you and Drahada Dave get this as well. Well, that, no, I don't even draw it anymore, listeners. True, but what like I've outgrown distance himself. I've outgrown Drahada. But no, but like when I'm back home in Cork. Like, we do have golden discs scattered around the place because it's not quite the same as Dublin. You don't have, uh, you know, such high rent. There's a CD world in Drogheda. A, a shop somewhere. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So, but, it, I mean, it is weird to think that there's not going to be music retailers on the high street in here in Dublin. I mean, it was strange when they closed the HMV on Grafton Street. They moved it to Henry Street or moved made most of their operations there. So at least sure. it was still somewhere. Um. I mean, I, I, I don't know, for, for you, Vinny, as well, I mean, you guys were obviously trying to get places to stock your album and yeah, all the rest it, of it. It's, it's a funny thing, like, when we, when we were deciding what format to release the album on and stuff like that, the physical thing, like, with regards where it would go and stuff like that, was so far down our list. I mean, we knew we wanted it to be on vinyl, that was the main thing. But as to where to where we stock it, we stocked it. We ended up stocking it in Tower uh, in Dublin and plugged in some other places around the country. But Tower was the only place in in um, in Dublin. But we sold, I mean, like so so vastly so much more online or at the launch than we actually did in the shops. I mean, it's it sold out after a while. I, th- I think I think in total we sent we sold something like twenty five out of Tower. And I mean, it's it's great to have it there. It's great to be a, a presence in there. But the vast majority of them went on sale uh, from our website. Sure, and I guess that's obviously why the maths just don't make sense anymore. There was also suggestions that they would be uh, HMV, that is, uh, mounting a kind of a an opposition to Netflix yeah, on that market. Yeah, so they're going to set up this kind of video streaming platform. Um, I can't see it working, to be honest. No, by and all accounts, actually, they have come out and said that that's not really going to happen. Yeah. That I mean, they are going to have some sort of on-demand service, but it's not in any way. I mean, they tried to kind of um, launch this new website along with the kind of stores coming back and it was like interactive and you could kind of scan stuff with your phone and then buy online. It was all this weird stuff and they thought, yeah, this is going to be the future and just no, it didn't take off. So, 
Yeah, it seems like their days are numbered. It's sad. Um, I mean, it is sad. I mean, like, th- th- there was always something about. I, mean, I remember, like, when I was younger, uh, I used to, <laughs> <laughs> I used to go, to, I used to go to Dublin. Like and go, last year, when you yeah, were yeah, going, 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 <laughs> going to Dublin was like a big thing, you know, like, uh, and even like uh, going to the Virgin Mega Store on uh, the Keys. Absolutely, that was a yeah. huge. That must fucking be gone years. <laughs> <laughs> Day for six. Um, yeah. I you was, know. I was in the womb as uh, <laughs> uh, 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 as I strolled through the the giant Virgin Mega Store. I'm much the same, but. Like, weird Freudian yeah. thing there. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have Nobody a, even prompted him there. No, we no. used, we used looked, to have a though. running they joke it. when I was a teenager, yeah, that like the, the best money-making scheme in Cork would be if you could convince Virgin to build a small little cafe in the corner because it was basically where everybody went for mm. at least an hour on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And this was what Terror and have kind of done, made it a place to hang out or kind yeah. of put on live Yeah, and more to the point, and, yeah. like, if, and especially, you know, if you're in a town like a tenth of the size of Dublin, if you're into music, it's a small enough scene. You're going to bump into the same people browsing the same racks week after week after week after week. And, um, yeah, it's kind of sad that that's gone, I feel. Yeah. And it's the one thing that I'll always say, and you mentioned Plugged there, I was always have been and always will be so appreciative to have grown up in a city where you've got people like Albert and Jim who, just like that, you know their names, they know you, you walk into a, what is a small shop in a small city and, like, they know what you're into, they'll recommend things to you, mm. they sell everything you could possibly imagine and a lot of things that you probably fucking couldn't until you had them in your hands and uh and they actually personally got in contact with us as well like so there's a, there, there's a real outward look looking thing there as well it's not just people putting music in there they'll come out after it as well which yeah and really cool. you you hear the same in galway is it the the, the bell and yeah, something yeah it's slipping my mind right now well. but um yeah and I, th- I think it's roller coaster in kilkenny and yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some people like mm-hmm. really flying the flag and uh it's a cool thing yeah. and Please. yeah you hope that they're sort of not going to be fighting the fight completely solo now that uh the big companies and all the rest are scarpering as well well, yeah, it just seems like it will be independence. Um, just it, it doesn't kind of fin- financially make sense to big business. So, yeah, the, the, is it a good thing or a bad thing though for those shops? I guess is is the. I mean, will we get record store back, record store day back the way it, it should have been? I mean, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, like, the, yeah, it's definitely going to be a more niche market at this point. Then again, that's the point at which a lot of those shops tend to flourish. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting, and I guess the other thing that you're really going to see is whether or not your sort of bigger acts continue to press vinyl if they know they're not going to have the HMVs of the world to sell it. I mean, does Noel Gallagher press a thousand vinyls of his new album when he knows that there's not going to be high street retailers to yeah. actually sell it? Well, I suppose we've seen with the likes of Radiohead where it just becomes, okay, a direct thing where they sell it online. Yeah, and I if, think that's you know, hardcore fans online. want the vinyl and the yeah. kind of box sets, they'll do it that way, so... And I think Vinny's probably going to back me up on this, but you'd like to have the physical thing Absolutely. just for yourselves yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, th- I think people are getting so much more comfortable buying stuff online as well. It's it's even more natural to buy something online than it is to go out to the shop now. And that, I, I think it wasn't like that before. As someone who works in a retail store, Zara, do you feel like uh, that human beings are <sighs> they sick of this idea, basically, is, uh, as, a, as a retailer? I know, I always love to see someone coming into the shop. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from that bloke with the dog, right? That has actually ended. Oh wow! Oh wow! Was there a saga? There was yeah. a bit of a stalking situation, I think. No, no, no. Might it be was listening. <laughs> I had firm words, and it's all taken care of now. Oh, nice. Firm words. Firm words, indeed. Did I you say, "Listen, mate." 
before we start no, getting I into Leo's <laughs> round, um, save this for later. We're going to shove on and yeah. This episode is sponsored by Bunsen. So I stood outside Bunsen and asked some people how their burger made them feel. And I bumped into this Italian couple with their kids. And I believe this Italian man has a better grasp of English vocabulary than anybody I know. How did the burger make you feel? Made her feel randy. She's ready for more. Don't even pretend that you don't want that burger. Bunsen, now on South Ann Street, as well as Temple Bar and Wexford Street. It's a pretty big week for Irish music. Yeah. And uh, leading our way is Lisa Hannigan and Fall. Sounds like this. Hide your horses, hold your tongue, hang the rich and spare the young. Who drain the spirits from the jars, hop the fences, steal the cards. Run on fumes and from the law and burn for us right through the Ladies, call your name Brush your hair like it could be tame Pitch their dresses past their knees Spill into the floor like ease They swing the bridges one and more That's Lisa Hannigan. Um, it's called The Fall. It's from her new record, which has been quite a little while in coming produced by Erin Desner of The National yeah um, what the years. hell is she talking about eh am I right <laughs> really no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lovely what? song I, yeah, I like this song quite a bit it's nice yeah um, I was going for some ribaldry there it was my favourite out of the six take that the other five songs we haven't covered yet <laughs> <laughs> everyone turn off the podcast now because it doesn't get any better now <laughs> toodaloo <laughs> yeah no I must say I do like it um, it's quite slight, isn't it? There's not a huge amount going on. Produ- production is great. I mm. mean, as you'd expect from Desner. But um, I thought it was quite like listening to a fable, a modern day fable. Yeah, that would make sense. I, mean, I like the dark element to it. I think I mm. think she's very. I think she's very. She knows exactly what she wants to do. She, even when she was talking about doing the video, she already had the idea for that in her head before, before they even kind of sat down with the director or whatever. So, I think it's. I think it's a like it's a very Lisa Hannigan track, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's interesting to see now on this record whether she's, as you say, that bit more definitive and that bit more assertive because I felt there was always, I don't know, there was always a level at which her delicateness and the fragility almost sounded a little bit, I I don't want to say flighty because that's deliberate, but, you know, just a little bit uh, soft, Mm. you know what I mean? Uh, maybe a bit too sincere sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Bit. It just be, like could it was verging on poe faced maybe occasionally. Yeah. But I mean, fantastic voice, um, and obviously mm. a very talented songwriter. But yeah, maybe a bit more kind of meat and just lyrically, it would be nice to. It would be have nice to see we what she's all seen her live? She's particularly great live. No, I haven't actually. I saw her in Whelan's uh, a few oh, years back. Whelan's, Whelan's. It's called Whelan's. Cool with. <laughs> cool with? <laughs> uh, she was fantastic but I remember like uh, fair play to her for powering through because there was one very enamoured man in the crowd and, and his she- name <laughs> <laughs> was Vinny Casey I'll take the story from here <laughs> it was a dark July evening <laughs> Are you actually shouting like I love you to her? No, this is not. Oh, 
<laughs> I love how like comedians are out of him is like in transfixed by this by, by the tale and wanted to believe. Now, um Lisa Hanging was singing one of her songs and she had a line like something about you know and you know something like will you be there for me or something and then this guy in the crowd is like I will <laughs> and it was like oh well, no that's just good banter <laughs> and, he kept, and he kept like responding to the lyrics and like it was everyone was really uncomfortable and he was like dancing on his own and uh, I don't know where that man is now was but. it Damien Rice <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest as well though I, I always remember the first time I like interviewed Lisa Anigan spent a little bit of time in the company and I was just like. I I mean, like, I used to be impressed by that Damien Rice album. Now, no, I mean, like, I back myself to write an album like this, and I only hung out with her for about half an hour. Oh, check out Come Over. And, yeah. and, and the pain Big of not gone. seeing her again for a while was that was that strong. Oh, did I? Uh, did, did she watch you sleep? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, and that was part of the problem, Dave. Uh, <laughs> no, but that, we should, uh, we should uh, stress that we're, we're all fans of the song. Uh, yeah, the song is fantastic. Yeah. The album is out uh, a little later on this year. It's called uh, to, to Swim. Out in August. To Swim. To Swim. On Swim. It's going to be superb. Another album, Swimming. Another album we're Hannigan. expecting this year is at The Pattern, and it's by Kathy Davey. Uh, this is the lead single. Where is my time? Where is my time? A scattered wind and patterned rain A scattered mind and a tattered brain Leads me again to the pattern If I could grind down cavern groove To move this scattered body through Maybe some time will come to me I'll be the force he bends his will to Yeah, but I really like it. I don't dislike it. It's I just a little it. bit... You hate it, yeah. okay? Zara, rock the mic. I just felt there was too much going on. I, her vo- vocal goes through me sometimes. Uh, the last maybe 30 seconds is okay. But, but the last 30 seconds were okay because they reminded me of the bit in Labyrinth where they're David Bowie and... Sarah are dancing in the snow globe okay. and any time a song reminds me of that yeah, it's good. bang sure. on yeah. I'm surprised you made it to the last 30 seconds seeing as you didn't finish Portishead's amazing cover of ABBA I, I revisited that and now 
I like it. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I, I thought I thought you were going to say the last thirty seconds were so good because the first two two minutes were just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I I I I liked it. I like. Um. I think the. I think the drums in particular are quite quite cool in that song, but yeah, and it's a bit like, different for for her. She's yeah. like mm. clearly kind of mixing it up. It's been five years or six years, two thousand ten, wasn't it? Yep. The Nameless came out, so mm. she's been away for a while and kind of just rescuing dogs and doing stuff like that. Horses, actually. and dogs. Dogs. I hope it was dogs. Oscar, the, <laughs> Oscar the hypno dog. Yes, right. Is their main thing now not my lovely horse rescue? Oh, okay. They have that in the picnic every year, don't they? Yeah, they do. Are there horses on it? Yes. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about snakes? Because she was once on the cover of Hot Press holding a big yellow snake. I don't. I, I think St. Patrick looked after that one I for think, us. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I think that snake uh, lives in a in a in a farm upstate now. Yeah, but it's been six years. <laughs> it's fine though. He's having a great time. <laughs> Fun on the farm. <laughs> it's been six years since the Nameless, it which has. makes it nine years since uh, Tale Silver Sleep, which was uh, no, an outstanding no, record. Yeah. Um. And you, yeah, I, I, like I say, I like this song a lot. And I actually, listening to it, I don't think it would have sounded that out of place on the album that we're going to be talking about shortly. Oh, I sure. I felt it had that now 97. sort of edge. I mean, it wouldn't <laughs> have made it onto this album. but <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, Cathy Davey, she can always write a kind of memorable melody. I have to say that about her. I just, maybe not a huge fan. Her voice doesn't do a huge amount for me. Um, but no, kind of inventive. She's clearly going for something a bit different, I thought. Um, so yeah, fair play to her. Inventive Irish. What? Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Misogyny reigns. As... I don't <laughs> Inventive Irish artists to the fore. Uh, James Vincent McMore is also back. Uh, Rising Water. It sounds like this. <laughs> That was James Vincent McMorrow with Rising Water, uh, a new track from his new record, his third album, the follow-up to 2014's Post Tropical, and uh, he released a very personal statement along with this first song, in which he basically kind of talks about how uh, he's quite shy, and he feels like this is the first time, while he's very, very proud of the work that he's done up until this point, he thinks that this is the perfect representation of him as a human being and all his insecurities and his flaws, but also his strengths. And 
Do we hear that in this first number? Well, here's the thing. With it being his third record, your natural inclination is to kind of compare it to what you've heard before. With that statement and the fact that he's saying, well, this is the first time that I feel like it's a proper representation, it's kind of like, well, does it have any basis in what we've heard before? I would have sure. said that he's quite a, a an eclectic songwriter at the best of times. Um, if this is the sort of the, the final destination, as it were, and this is what he's going to be from here on out, I mean, it's not bad. Certainly not. I actually quite like the song. The one thing that worried me is that, you know, it, it has those kind of 80s vibes or something like that. And the last time I can remember hearing a song and being surprised by that but liking the track was with Brandon Flowers. Okay. Uh, he released that really, really 80s single. I think it was Lonely Town. Um, and then a few months later, I heard the whole album and it really didn't work. Just a lot of it wasn't up to scratch, basically. A lot of it was trying to take 80s sounds and sort of drag them forcefully uh, into the modern age, which just, it, it didn't work. And, and and I hope that's not going to be the case here um, because, like I say, the song works. Hopefully the rest of the album will. Yeah, I mean, synth bass aside, this wasn't a huge difference from post-tropical type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it was, it was I, I thought it had the similar vibe. Yeah, it's sure. kind of, and he's talked, I mean, I was talking to him maybe three years ago and he was saying his influences were all hip-hop and he was working on kind of the Neptune's keyboard and that was the stuff. He's not a folk artist, this was kind of the music he loved. So it just seemed like a natural fit to me and I really liked it. It's actually the first time he's released, it, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's the first time he's released a lyric video for one of his tracks. Yeah, yeah, it could quite possibly which, be. Which when you, when you talk about um him being more confident now I think that could be that could tie in. Sure, I think that's nice, which be... is nice to see. Yeah. Because it, even when I was like watching and listening to the to the video, there's a lot of like sentences in there that he doesn't he doesn't say them like they're written at all. They they yeah. like he'll he'll cut words off and things like that, which I think as a as a lyric writer is really is a really cool thing to do. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's I guess showing that he he is a bit more confident in what he's putting out. I think it's also going to be interesting to see some of this stuff live, as we're going to be able to do uh, when the album comes out. He's he's already announced a couple of Irish dates because it sounds like the sort of thing that he could do in a relatively kind of stripped back sense, as I think he was probably doing when you saw him at Cigarettes. Well, he played this song, I believe, because um, I, I I don't know how much new material he played because I'm I'm not unfamiliar with James Vincent Morrow, but I'm not massively familiar with James Vincent Morrow. As a matter of fact, I'm a huge fan of a track he did with a band called No Ceremony. They were a Manchester kind of buzz band a couple of years ago. Nothing really happened for them. They had Joey Santiago of the Pixies on one of their tracks, and they had James Vincent Morrow on a song called Away From Here. And it's a lovely, lovely song. Uh, beautiful vocal. I remember Joe Panama criticising the song's uh, synth strings, I think. He wasn't impressed with uh, their production, I guess, now. But, you know, Joe's very particular. That's that's strange that Joe criticised something. <laughs> it's rare. Um, shade. But, um, yeah, so I, I've... And I think Cavalier is one of the... is an absolutely gorgeous song, uh, particularly the version he did at the Choice Music Prize two years ago. I thought it was just sensational. Um, I didn't really get any of that from the gig I saw him at, but to be fair to him, it was supporting outdoor. Um, he got no sound check. It was a new band. It was sunny. You know, it's kind of like it really was not in any respect the environment that you want to catch him in. So I think that song will work a lot better in Under Cover of Darkness and with a much better, you know, kind of sound mix. To round out our, our blast of Irish acts today, it's uh, the new one from Funeral Suits. It's crowded out. Up, 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 
Disappointed to see our boys in funeral suits uh, be forced to cancel their dates. I guess it's two weekends ago now, but uh, at least I guess we had this as as compensation. Uh, Craig, what did you make of it? Yeah, I really like it. To be honest, it has that melancholic thing. Um, love the synths. It's kind of that you know melancholic summer evening, you know twilighty thing. Not the film thing, but it could work in the films. I mean, it'd be great for the lads. <laughs> but no, <laughs> that, that film series is over, man. <laughs> Damn it! They can do a prequel, can't they? Okay. Dave's just eating there, talking with his mouth full. <laughs> you have to get that out, though. Lemon meringue. I'm having a lemon, I'm having, yeah. I'm having a lemon meringue it's, it's donut. It's his birthday, though. It was left for me. It would be rude not to go near it. Sorry, Craig. But, you know, following on from Tree of Life, which I thought was great as well, um, it's just a shame we don't get more stuff from them. It's kind of we're getting a track here, a track there. It's been a long wait since the last album. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. The one yeah. thing I must say, yeah, is that even if you're going to get a track here and track there, like how it seems that with every single one, there's a new string to their bow. Sure. Yeah. And with this one, I mean, even as I hit play in the first 10 seconds, I'm like, hmm, you know, <laughs> is this actually going to work? Like, am I going to enjoy this? And I did. And yeah, now it's at the point where there's, you know, three, four, five different ways that I think they could probably approach uh, things going forward and still be absolutely uh, as good as they've been so far. This song is all about the kick-in. I mean, obviously you need the build to get to that kick-in, but it requires patience. You pretty much are waiting for three and a half minutes for it to really click and connect. And I had the same experience. I was listening to it and I was like, hmm, is this really a single? Uh, Not much is happening. And then that click-in happens and you're like, yeah, Yeah. fuck yeah. That's a fantastic uh, payoff. And it makes you want to revisit the song from start to finish. Uh, it's, uh, as you say, different from the first couple of tracks we've heard so far. And while not an obvious song for the radio or anything, uh, one that rewards patience. And I want to hear that album. Mm-hmm. 
I'm definitely the wrong person to ask about funeral suits because I just I think everything they do is just amazing. They're one of my favorite bands have been since the day I discovered them. So I'm just gonna always say positive things. I love this track. I've loved every mm. track they brought out, and that's my five out of five review of theirs. <laughs> Sarah, yeah, I really liked it. Excellent. Five out of five. So, uh, 4.5. Ooh, she's, she's a tough crowd, man. <laughs> tough. Although, frankly, probably a decent lead-in for me not being very positive about this next tune. It's the latest from Crystal Castle. Who? It's called Char. That's the latest from Crystal Castles. It's called Shark. They announced tonight, or today, that it is basically their single from a new album, which is due out next month. And the first without Alice Glass. And it sounds like it. It sounds like without Alice Glass? Yeah. It sounds it, like they hired someone to be Alice Glass. Yeah, I don't know if it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, Edith Francis is the name of this new singer. We've had three songs now from this record. Uh, the one that came out... We were going to do last week originally was uh, the one called Concrete. That's the one I was given, so that's the one I'm, I've been listening to. Well, to be so fair, I mean, like, just looking over at your notes, it wouldn't be, yeah, uh, it wouldn't be too here. bad to, to be interchangeable because they, it just sounds a Crystal Castles. It, it sounds uh, exactly. And it's a bit it, more mannered, maybe in the vocals. That's that's the exact thing it's, that it struck me. Doesn't have me. that wildness, maybe. The, yeah, that that aggression that like I can remember stumbling upon Crystal Castles playing in this tiny, shitty little club in Cork in two thousand seven. And, like, it grabbed you by the balls. It was just like, holy shit, this is incredible. And, yeah, their their debut album followed that entirely. And this just doesn't have that. Mm. That 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 spikiness just doesn't seem to be there. It, it, it's far more melancholy, it's far more chilled out. Well, to be fair, something. they do have tracks like that. I mean, you have a track like Magic Spells on that first record, uh, which is very chilled out and cool. I think Charlie Brooker used it for a lot of his, uh, you know, montages when he was doing screen wipe um concrete the one that Vinny has yeah, heard concrete um, is, is, is a ferocious. lot more it's a better it's much better but even then there is the sense that it's still a little bit watered down um not to disrespect the new singer she clearly has the chops but it almost feels like um i forget the guy's name in Ethan this Ethan, yeah that's his name uh he, it almost feels like he was like i'll just get another Alice glass and and but this time i'll have i'll i'll, I'll have even more control over those vocals and, and over what she does so does it make the whole enterprise a bit redundant yeah then? of course yeah. it's kind of like smash pumpkin still being smash pumpkins i mean like like chris Cowles was without alice glass so like what's the fucking point yeah because um, so. she's as you said a really kind of interesting cool aggressive character who you either 
you know, it draws you in or you run away. Um, yeah, and she seemed to have a very, like, kind of individual style of doing things, which, yeah, not only is it hard to replicate, but also, frankly, even if someone succeeds in replicating it eventually, you'll just go, holy cop in here, aren't the, you? Like, the, this is fine. Concrete is fine. They're grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, I would never put Crystal Castles on the, like, the most upper echelon of music or anything, but they definitely had some bangers. Yeah, to be fair, I, I would have a little while ago said that I'd hope the Crystal Castles would far surpass Grand. So there is a little bit of disappointment in uh, in the fact that we might have to settle for that. Yeah. Mm. She will have s- solo stuff coming out on her own. I'm not sure if, if that's like anything planned, but that's going to be really interesting to see what kind of sound she comes out with. Yeah, it is. And who she works who with she as works well, because obviously yeah. Ethan was kind of, I think, the creative he was, force yeah. behind that. And she's been very critical of, of basically saying that she was forced to do a lot of yeah. things she didn't want to do and felt that she was stifled. And then also felt that he took all the credit when she pretty much, she said that she basically, she argues that Crystal Castle's aesthetic ideals, um, everything about it was pretty much not even not even necessarily equally her, but mostly her. And he, of course, has denied that. She, she also said, though, that a lot of the aggression that she showed on stage was aggression that she felt when she wasn't on the stage that she was allowed to kind of leave out in a public sphere. So I wonder if she, if she does end up working with someone who she's quite happy to work with, does that aggression go away? I don't know. I'm not going to name names here, but I've heard they were absolute fucking demons. Yeah. Apparently. I know a guy who worked at a Crystal Castle gig where they wanted to mount their own lights on the wall of the venue to which they're like well no because then we have big holes in the wall the next day when you leave <laughs> yeah, rock and roll man <laughs> precisely they were kind of like but, 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 but why not <laughs> surely you should be honoured to have our lights drill holes in your yeah, wall I can I, I, I believe I believe that story completely because I mean like to be fair whatever because the castles I mean like you know they are pretentious and it is very mm-hmm. much it's an art installation man you know like you know yeah. yeah. and fair enough cool but ultimately yeah good to know that they can't uh, overcome building codes and violations and those kind of things quite bizarrely as well well, they confirmed for Metropolis. Yes, before the festival announced them. Before Metropolis. No, I think as far as I know, yeah, it was Me- before Metropolis confirmed yeah, itself. Me- Metropolis hasn't, <laughs> announced, hasn't, hasn't actually officially announced that it's coming back. Yeah. We, everyone assumed it would because it was a sellout, wasn't it? Like in two days? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you guys were there. Yeah. Uh, you worked for Hot Press at it. Yeah. And the, a few extra bathrooms lot, if you're listening. Yeah, this is the thing. A lot of people said that, you know, like while it mostly w- was received very, very well, your typical teething problems, I think, were... Which you, which you would expect it to went be completely fairly smoothly. Yeah, yeah. It, it went extremely smoothly. The teething problems were by virtue of the fact that the RDS is not your typical venue, or at least not your typical venue to run, like, four different stages, as it were. So basically what you ended up with was a an entrance and exit system, so a one-way system, which obviously just turned into a bottleneck any time that people were leaving or arriving at the same time, which mm. is obviously what happens when you have certain bands starting at certain times. Uh, there was also issues with the bathrooms where, again, like you've got, you know, the bathrooms that are in a building in the RDS. And oh, there was no extra... Product. Well, there were, but they would be, say, 200 yards oh, away from okay, the stage. Yeah, and again, who goes, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, bit of a queue there. I'm walking 500 metres yeah. to... to extra ones it was one of the best marketed festivals I've ever yeah, seen say, um, really, the really imagery the associated yeah. with it was cool people talked a lot about it it seemed to have a natural kind of buzz and a lot of word of mouth and I think even something like Crystal Castles announced themselves before the festival does would kind of almost fit in with their kind of you know cool uh, we don't give a shit vibe mm-hmm. so. could have been a thing quite possibly yeah. could have been a thing another band that we're hoping we see very very soon are Wild Beasts this is Big Cat their new one a big cat 
now I must say I love this it's just got swagger it's got that little bit of humour I'm all for this one Craig I agree yeah I love Wild Beasts uh, they're one of my favourite bands at the moment and yeah after the last song which I thought was good and interesting but maybe going off in a different direction this was just them doing kind of slightly humorous very groovy and kind of like tongue in cheek sexy um, over a great song really well uh, I thought it was fantastic there's a social media embargo out on the album because the album has actually been issued to a lot of journalists um, unfortunately I'm not among them um, but I'm very much looking forward to hearing the record and from what I have seen people kind of intimate and hint at and even tell me in, in the odd private message uh, it's apparently a home run apparently it's absolutely fantastic they have completely nailed it and that kind of tone is indicative I think the fact that like these two tracks that we've heard Big Cat and Get My Bang mm. both are as you say, swaggersome uh, in a tongue-in-cheek way. But it's also kind of one of the things where it's like, they just feel like they're really enjoying themselves. Yeah, very much so. And they're a band that I think have always been kind of accused wrongly of being quite po-faced. Yeah. Live um, in particular, they're a lot of fun. Um, I interviewed Hayden Torp a couple of years ago, and he said that exact thing about like no one gets, or certainly a lot of people don't get our sense of humor. Like Most of our songs are total piss takes. <laughs> Or at least a lot of the kind of lyrical content is. Yeah. And he kind of said, oh, well, Irish audiences kind of do Manchester gets it, but a lot of people just think we're just kind of taking ourselves seriously and we're like massive Latarios or whatever. But no, that's not the case. So yeah, it's definitely a big part of their thing. Yeah, because I kind of thought that. Like oh, when really? I was listening to Big Cat today, I was just eye rolling for the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, these guys are absolute morons. <laughs> and then I was like, because when uh, Get My Bang came out, I heard that and I was like, this is atrocious. Like, I really didn't like it either. People and then I listened to them back to back and mm-hmm. it's, it's like the lyrics of this song and then combined with Get My Bang, I'm, I, I was appalled. People think, that, <laughs> pe- 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 people think that I hate everything, that I'm the harshest critic out there, the biggest contrarian. Uh, meet Zara Hederman, guys. <laughs> I thought, and I, I do thought- feel bad because I actually was thinking that in my head. I was like, I sound like such an, a da- Debbie Downer. Like. I did think that Dave was going to be like, people say I'm sleazy just because I watch guys sleep <laughs> just and I then want take my their bang. girlfriends <laughs> to the cinema. That's not weird, right? Yeah. That's really how I, what you make of it. That's how I repay you for a night of hosting. Um, I did not get a chance to listen to this one. Five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Wild Beast take in general? In keeping with music shows. I, honestly, I actually have not listened to them a lot, but uh, from what I've heard, I, I, I do. The segment is going perfectly. Um, well, one thing that we have all listened to <laughs> that we can I, I move on to about eight seconds ago. is our album of the week. And we mentioned it briefly as we were kind of going through the best of the year when we all forgot what time of the year it was and that we'd all been sent review copies that oh. were meant to be embargoed. Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, it came out officially in July, so it wouldn't have qualified for our first half of the year. Yeah, and what's more, the podcast didn't come out until after the album had been released. So but The whole uh, thing has been a bit of a mess, yes. Uh, <laughs> in, in keeping with the podcast itself. It's Take Her Up to Monta <laughs> with a new one for Roisin Murphy, and it sounds like this. And I told myself a lie So I'd be lying around And don't you go down In the same direction I was reckless to dissolve At your resolve To make an object of attraction But dissatisfaction Pushed me over a cliff edge And there will be no cold retraction But I crossed the moon With every knowledge of your core But I hope that I could make a score without it catching up on. 
yeah, that's Mastermind. It's from Roisin Murphy's new album, Take Her Up to Monto. It is an album that has come out incredibly quickly uh, when you consider that Hairless Toys, which was uh, finishing an eight-year gap, uh, was only given to us last year. That got a Mercury Music Prize. Sure. Do we think that well, this one... Did it, did it win? Or oh, sorry, nomination. No, no, sorry, uh, should actually, I say? Actually, who won? Because I never remember. Benjamin Clementine. Well done. Um, I never. Well done. Well, done. <laughs> well done, Ben. Well done, Ben. As well, and, and multiple answer. <laughs> Cullum's steel trap memory. I, I always find that I never recall. The only one I can ever remember is, of course, when James Blake won and had that subsequent hilarious Newsnight interview, which we've played in the podcast before. And if Alan's feeling generous, he'll play it again because it's fucking hilarious. So you know, uh, Alan, play it, please. No. So yeah, back so to no, he didn't play it. Uh, <laughs> back M- to Roshi M- Murphy. Actually, won it as well. M- Never people. forget, yeah. M people won the Mercury Music yep, Prize. It is, yeah. Wow. I think it was like 1997 as well, or eight. It was like that's when they were okay moving on up. In, yeah. Oh, I quite liked that one. That was <laughs> okay. that was pretty good. I, I I also remember a guy called Talvin Singh won it over like really more fancy acts, and then Speech to Bell won it one year. Manson. Yeah. I always I remember say. from my childhood this bizarre thing where I used to get. Oh, young fathers are great. I used get Gomez. Who won the Mercury Prize? Gomez, I was thinking of. And Mercury Rev mixed up, simply <laughs> because I just had linked Gomez Mercury Prize, okay, yeah, yeah. Mercury okay. Rev, and yeah, they're nothing like each other at all. Um, but if Gomez are listening, please get in touch because everyone's worried. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard, we haven't heard We're anything concerned. in about seventeen years. <laughs> yeah. um, getting back well, to sorry, the question uh, at uh, hand, I can answer your your Gomez query real quick. Uh, one of them was a is a. A songwriter for a major label in the UK and he worked alongside Brezzy when Brezzy was doing that job and around the time when Brezzy released his first album Colorblind Stereo uh, that album by the way is called Colorblind Stereo the name of his record was called Colorblind Stereo that's the name of the album that he, he brought out he brought out an album called Colorblind Stereo and what was the name of that album? Colorblind Stereo is oh, what it was called yeah. but if you think about it it could have been because there's a con- I can't the the word fails me, but there is a condition where synesthesia. when synesthesia. where people see colors. Yeah, it's called it's called colorblind stereo. Um, maybe he's actually colorblind. And um, like that's, males you know, are mostly colorblind. Maybe a stereo so, couldn't see colors. Well, colorblind stereo is the name of Brezzy's album. It was it was, <laughs> it was his debut solo record, and uh, I reviewed it for Hot Press at the time. You reviewed what? Which, which album? Colorblind stereo. I should say, oh, by the way, that. do not adjust your sets, okay? <laughs> um, so yeah, colorblind stereo from uh, Brezzy came out in 2011, I want to say, and I reviewed it for Hot Press, and I gave it a fairly middling review. And actually, to be fair, uh, it's not a bad record by any stretch of the imagination. He fully embraced pop, which he's quite good at, and. Not that you'd know it from one his Blizzard's days, which is no good, and his follow-up record, which is who the fuck could care. And it, but this Colorblind Stereo record was not bad. Um, it was colorful. It was very colorful, and it had its moments, um, but it also had some pretty bad moments. And I had a line in the review where I said, um, "With this track here, he's aiming for Mercury, but he comes closer to Mika." And the fact that Niall Stokes, editor of Hot Press Magazine, was away for the weekend means that my review ran as it was. And it, it was th- and it was three out of five, and it stayed it stayed three out of five. It wasn't inflated or adjusted. My words ran as was, and uh, it was a very very fair review. So if you're listening, Brezzy, um, I still think it's a decent record. As a matter of fact, I compared the highest point in that album to M83, who I adore. So there you go. 
Where's Mika, by the way? Take that into your iron mind, Brezzy. I'm going to very tentatively try to drag this conversation back where it was about seven minutes ago and say that Roisin Murphy has a new album Take out. her up to Monto. It's better it's than Colorblind Stereo. Fourth solo record. I liked um, it. Yeah, it's it's very, very good. Sarah I liked and something. Has, yeah, yeah. Okay, actually, yeah, have the floor. In fact, yeah. there was one moment. I actually really liked it because there's quite a few moments throughout the album where some of the melodies or like the pace of the songs really reminded me of different songs and then in turn would make me then take a break from listening to Take Her Up to Monto and then go to those songs that I really liked. So what, you liked the album so much you regularly stopped listening to it? Yeah, but I think this was a really nice way to listen to it because... By not listening to it? No, I did listen <laughs> no, I, to I think, it. I think that's a really valid point because I think a lot of times that when, when people write songs, they the songs that catch you are, are when, when people say that it's a melody you've already heard or, or it's a melody you already know. Yeah, And no, it was good they, because there true. were songs that like had really nice associations for me like there's one song lip service which was i think it's the standout song from the from the album i think it's very good but it really reminded me of hong kong garden i don't know if anyone else got that from ccc and the banshees okay so then like i'd listen to that and then be like gonna take a break go to Susie. yeah and it was amazing to listen to those two songs back to back it's so nice there's little tiny bits of the album might give you that. I don't think you could say that there's any song on this record mm-hmm. that could possibly remind you of another Full song. Of no. Because it is a bit of a mishmash in it many is. ways, isn't it? And I, I think it's a well thought out mishmash, I have mm-hmm. to say. I think I think it's a, I think it's a well put together album. Sorry I cut you off there. No, it feels like you're kinda of going on a bit of a voyage, doesn't it? With it? Yeah. Like yeah, it does seem like there's a story there that she really wants to tell and she was talking about the album title and how that actually relates obviously to a kind of red light district that used to exist in Dublin. But her walking through it with her father and the kind of now street that it is and he would sing the old song to her. Mm. Um so it's kind of quite personal. It's about her being Irish to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know obviously following very hot on the heels of Hairless Toys um, from the same sessions but those were kind of just huge bangers and this is kind of much more understated and I think I prefer it to be honest Um, something about this I just really like yeah I mean Dave obviously you I saw reviewed this for Drendon Sound and uh, yeah you're raving about it yeah um, I think it's fantastic it's very dense as kind of we've all kind of hinted at here there's no obvious bangers and that's totally fine um it's really really impressive especially because she apparently recorded it in the same sessions as the hairless toys recordings so it feels like she's making up for lost time in my review that you mentioned there i kind of started off by noting that during mastermind she has a line where she says about you know not living up to her full potential and i was like you know i would like to think that there's more of her inhabiting a character here because quite frankly such an opinion to me doesn't stack up because if you look at these two records released back to back in 12 months um, arguably the funnest work of her career and I would argue that uh, I, I'd side with Craig here I think Monto is a better record and Hairless Toys is a fantastic record mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I mean to be fair the other thing that you'd have to say as a caveat to a statement like that is that not living up to her potential I mean clearly there are ideas overflowing here so you know it could easily be that, that she genuinely is underperforming uh, given what she might actually have uh, yeah. knocking about the album for me <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy it, but I also listened to it knowing that 
you know, I was probably giving it a lot more time and a lot more patience and commitment than I would have if I stumbled across it. And it's an album that I think takes that patience and that commitment to actually get something out of it. I saw her somewhere describing it as a problem child. And I totally, totally get that. It's a problem child in the sense that, like, obviously, if if you've got some sort of investment in it yourself, then you're going to see it in an incredible light. Or even if you make the commitment, you're going to get to know it in a certain way and get to appreciate it in a certain way. But that if you just come at it from an outsider's perspective, you're going to be like, well, there's times where this just gets fucking annoying. And there are occasionally tracks. I mean, Thoughts Wasted for me was one of them that just felt a little too scattered, too many ideas going on to marry. There's, um, what was it? It's it's romantic comedy that... I thought that the, was great. But the when first five starts. seconds have this little kind of synth line and okay. you're just like, oh, this is going to ease into, you know, sort of gold frappy style sort of thing. And suddenly that kind of bouncing yeah. bass synth comes in. But I like, because we've had her do the kind of gold frappy thing before. So it was kind of nice to see this other side mm. of her, I think. Um, sure. And it seemed kind of cohesive to me. As much as it was lurching about the place, it felt very deliberate, as mm. I think Vinny, you were saying. I th- I, th- I think that this I think the the fact that the two records were brought out so close together I can't I don't I don't think can be overlooked mm. and, and I think I think the way you're saying that if you had just come across it you mightn't have ever given it a second listen I think I think it's the amnesiac to the kid A I think it is a completion of a work it's more of the spatter of a brain and I I think it's an it's an amazingly like it is a piece in itself but I think it has to be taken. As with, with the with the previous album, I, that, that's that's personally how I, I yeah felt it, it, it and came across that makes way. a lot of sense as well because as Craig said, like there were bangers on Hairless Toys, yeah. and that's the one notable. As with today, Radiohead known for their bangers. It's the really notable thing about this album, though, that it, it does lack immediacy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then again, if you sort of counterbalance it with the previous record that very definitely had it. And there are a couple yeah. of gorgeous, like, immediate melodies. There are, like, Lip Service is great. Mm-hmm. And there are kind of tracks, like, there. But then you go on Seven Minute Voyages where it's just all a bit woozy and you're, yeah. Yeah, I, I struggled with those. You use the word outsiders. Uh, this is a record that basically says, I don't give a fuck about outsiders. Like, you meet Roshi Murphy with respect for whatever reason. Is it because she's cool? Is it because she's delivered very interesting work and she's esoteric? You know, the imagery, the mystery of it all. Like, you know, like she's um, as likely to, you know, her interview with Stuart Clark and Hot Press is really good read. Like, she comes across as a just, you know, normal human being. But then you look at the imagery and she looks like a fucking alien. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, cool. Who is this woman? Um, so, I yeah, I think you absolutely enter into this with the goodwill. And you enter into this by going, I'm going to allow myself to go on whatever journey she takes me on. And don't get me wrong, it absolutely does test your patience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's nine songs here, but it's, it feels like a long listen, not in a bad way. But ultimately, you know, we talked about Anoni not being a summer record. This is not a summer record. I mean, no, it's not a party not. record. But she's making the music she wants to make. And in an industry where a 42-year-old woman can do that and still be met with critical acclaim and be met with... I'm presuming she's gonna, she'll draw big crowds at Longitude, uh, despite the fact that a lot of these tracks aren't the most friendliest festival songs, uh, can only be hailed. And I like the fact that she doesn't care about convention. She, If anything, she runs away from it so far while still making songs that are compelling. And that's mm. hard to do. Yeah, like sure. she's quite multifaceted, like, like that, where you say like she's got the mental image, like, image, but then she's also making mental layered songs and it is a quite a true representation of her and hopefully maybe that's kind of like what James Vincent McMorrow is 
directing himself to with his next album because he wants this to be his true representation. Maybe it's the third album that it Yeah, I guess the thing is, yeah, I'm not sure if you could ever have a single Roisin Murphy calling card, and that's probably for the best. Um, There were certain moments during this album that I feel probably only made sense in the context of a wider career or the idea that you were going to listen to it and, I, I guess, adopt a certain mind frame. I mean, the one that stands out to me immediately is just that incredible humans are fucked <laughs> moment. Where, because as well, because we were listening to the pod, all I could think was, if this happened in that Pet Shop Boys robot song, <laughs> we'd be coming on well, air and ripping this To be to fair, shreds. yeah, that's a very similar cadence, the way it's delivered. And it is, of course, avant-garde. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, you, you can picture her uh, with a, you know, a, a Baroque fucking cigarette, you know, like in the smoke just peeling and like... <laughs> Baroque cigarette? <laughs> in terms of... Think- oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. Finny gets it. Explain to- it, Finny. <laughs> what the Baroque cigarette? Does that have a gargoyle for a butt or something? <laughs> to be fair, uh, we will be talking, or I, I will be talking uh, before we end the podcast about uh, the new Nicholas Winding, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn movie and its soundtrack. Okay. So I, I, I think I used the word Baroque in that review, so it's just bouncing around my brain. But, you know, you can you can picture the aesthetic uh, of that line, you know, like the atmosphere that's that's built up within it, the way she says it. You know, it's so apathetic. You know, you expect a fucking drag of a cigarette to, to follow it and, like, for the smoke itself to be kind of artfully represented, uh, represented. That's not a word, but um, that's me on two bottles of beer, guys. But uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where, like, again, yeah, it's all about it being tough and tricky and maybe not palatable. And as you say, that's kind of her calling card, mm. which has been established. And it's one of those things where you mentioned this, I think, on, on the last episode. You were like, you know, you're going to get this album. And then she's going to do something totally different. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't shock me if she just then wrote 10 fucking pop bangers for her next album, which would be cool. And it might this, take another eight years. This is the thing thing I find about her. You, and I think why we take her all so seriously as well is you get the feeling that at any point she could blast into the mainstream and have some absolute huge tracks. Go Maloko again. Yeah. Uh, but I think she doesn't do that because she doesn't want to do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's true. At the same yeah. time, we're also very aware that she could do what you did and disappear for eight exactly, years. Exactly, yeah, With yeah. nothing but an album of, was it Italian sonnets? Italian literature, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So you really never do know what you're going to get next. And uh, maybe that's why uh, a lot she's trusting in people to put the commitment into this album and have the patience to appreciate it for what it's really worth. Uh, Dave? Her fans also are, are they lo- you know, the, her fans love her and there is definitely mm-hmm. a community there and this album has kind of made me a fan. I mean, like, I, I didn't see her, I've never seen her live and I understand that her shows last year were apparently terrific. I'll be very looking forward to hear what any of us who for at Longitude will say about that. And of Are you course, not going to Longitude? I, no, I, I, I have no? officially... Dave's quit no? Have you not heard? No. Oh, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> retired from festivals, man. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that's, my, that's an institution. 23, just, that was it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think that, that 22nd year just yeah, really yeah, yeah. killed yeah. him. I think 23 is a good year to go out on the, yeah. the live festival scene. As, are you so, telling me that you are not going to the picnic this year? 100%. 
I I will believe it when I, I will believe it when I don't see it. Dude, I am paying fucking couple, like I'm, uh, my hot press days are over. If, if they weren't over before, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> press days. they're over they now. They certainly are, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm done. Uh, and picnic doesn't look, doesn't look that great to me either. I'm, I'm gonna have you know when as uh, long as she does on, I'll be sitting around going, ah, oh, man, I wish I was there. But then again, if I was there, I, I'd wish I was at home. So for Roshi Murphy's album, <laughs> lads, this is 25 minutes. This is taken. I don't care. It's my birthday. Uh, uh, it's a very strong eight for me. I'd go the same, yeah, eight. Ah, uh, yeah. No, seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, I would give it an eight as well, for sure. Okay. I kind of feel 7.5. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd give it eight with no away goals. It's pretty strong across the board, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a nice record to take us into the latter half of the year, or the second half of the year, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, latter half of the year. Latter half work. In terms of things we need to take thing. care of before we finish. Well, before this we finish, we, uh, we will get to this. Uh, he's getting ready, but before we do, we all we all often have an alternative listening section of the week. Uh, does anybody have it that they would recommend? I have one. But anyone, anyone got any? Yeah, very strongly. Aval- Avalanche's new record is amazing. Um, What's it called? Uh, Wildflower. 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 Uh, so 16 years in the making. Um, from that first Frankie Sinatra song, I thought this is going to be a disaster. Um, I think they took five years. Had to get a samples clearance specialist just to actually clear everything they were putting through. They had health issues. It seemed like they lost members, not to death, but they just left. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully. Death would have been Um, better. But it sounds great. It's really, really good. Um, There's a huge amount of kind of A-list kind of uh, guests on it, but they just sound like old samples working into the thing. And occasionally gets a bit cutesy. But it's a great summer record. It really is. Um, and definitely check it out. It's very, very good. Much better than I anticipated. So, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, it's the aforementioned soundtrack to The Neon Demon, the new film from Nicholas Winding Refn, who, of course, made Drive, uh, which everyone loved, and then Only God Forgives, which everyone hated. I I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it's better than Drive. Uh, I, I have no it's problem. <laughs> Hashtag better than Drive. Hashtag better than Drive. Um, <laughs> the Neon Demon is the new movie, but Nicholas Winding Refn, I really liked it. It's got problems, of course. It's a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. It is designed to test your patience. The whole conceit of the film really is about the aesthetic and the presentation. The visuals are stunning by cinematographer Natasha Breyer. Like, it's one of the best-looking films I've ever seen, as it should be, given that it deals with the fashion industry and such. But the marriage of that with the music, Cliff Martinez returns, uh, appears to be the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, you know, to Nicholas Winning Reffin's David Fincher in this regard. Uh, he's knocked it out of the park. This is a soundtrack I can't stop listening to. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. The kind of main motif in it there's a song called uh, Demon Dance and it's just fucking class really really kind of cool house techno thing um, there's a track which appears in the end credits which is gorgeously shot and it's by Sia and it's called Waving Goodbye it's one of the best fucking songs of the year um, I actually don't know if it was written for the soundtrack I presume it was but a very, very compelling mix, stunning on headphones, actually makes the, the DJ Shadow album, which we talked about how good that sounds on headphones, look fairly slight by comparison. Uh, Cliff Martinez is a bit of a genius. I know Craig uh, has a bit of a thing here, like, you know, Johnny Jewel is... Yeah, he was originally supposed to do Drive and kind of work with Ref and, and Ryan Gosling, and I think Cliff was brought in by the studio to more or less replicate what Johnny Jewel had done. But no, he's obviously an amazingly talented dude. So, But it's just, sorry for Johnny. Johnny Jewel of Chromatics, but you know, I'm sure we're going to get that Chromatics record pretty soon, right? Yeah, any day now. Any day now. <laughs>
Can I just point out before you finish that every time I hear the neon demon, all I can hear is that 30 Rock episode with the Roger. <laughs> and it's What's really the annoying. It's like the Rural Juror. You don't, you, 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 By you, Kevin you, Grisham. You don't think it's a good title? No. Neon it's Demon? All, no, no. I, no. It's I think it's, no. it's terrific. You also said on your uh, your insert last week, you said... Um, Look. Spiritual Song for Lovers to Sing is an it's awful ho- title. It's horrible, yeah. It's not horrible. Spiritual Songs for Lovers to Sing. I Spirit. cringed a bit when I... Yeah, don't like it. Ugh. Fuck all you guys. <laughs> Neon <laughs> Demon. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday! Let's get the little John thing. Oh, They're the only 23 happy ones. birthdays. You know what? Two weeks ago, we stayed out till midnight so that it was Craig's birthday so we could yeah. celebrate. Tonight, I'm going to stay out till midnight just so Dave stops fucking saying <laughs> this. It's got to be a birthday week, though, isn't it? This is going yeah. to continue. Like a, you only turn 23 once, really. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like Achilles. Twice. Yeah. And speaking <laughs> of the which... Funny, the funny thing is, when this comes out, it will have been his birthday last week, and he will still be, be saying my birthday again. Birthday. Yeah. He'll still be celebrating. But before we do... All right, let me do, let me do my uh, Dave Hanrady impression, right? So I've been working on this impression for, for a couple of weeks now, because I know that... Uh, I knew that I was going to be on the show, so I just want you, obviously, the listeners of the show, to to let you know that the next voice you hear is not Dave Hannard; it is in fact me, Vinnie Casey from over at the Albatross. Oh, he's got paper. Oh, I'm David Hannity. All my opinions have to offend somebody. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. Who the hell are the Beatles? <laughs> See. <laughs> that was not Dave Hannity. That was in fact wow. me. That was on point. <laughs> and now Vinny will do his impression. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave, do you want to respond? Who could possibly? <laughs> um, two Dave Hanratty's, two 23rd birthdays. <laughs> I mean, good lord. Uh, do, you want to, do, you, do you want to do the podcast next week for me? There you go, I wrote it down. You wrote it down. <laughs> oh, can I keep this? Yes, you can. Fantastic. Um, Put yeah. that beside uh, George that Harrison. That's the picture of George Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a red letter day for my twenty fourth birthday. Um, I have to say, you know, I wondered if it could it compete with our friend Harry's impression of me, which mm-hmm. you, you've heard, and I think it's particularly good. It is good. Um, do you remember? Should I should I do that? Should I do Harry's impression of his impression of me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't quite remember. Yeah, because okay, I don't think he's out this evening. Uh, Harry's impression of me is set up, set up, punchline, punchline. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit good. longer usually, but yeah. it's, it's not great. Well, listen, uh, I guess that about does it. Uh, I really enjoyed the impression. Thank you very much. I've Speaking of punchline. Oh. 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 Got a joke of the week. Specially crafted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go, Zara. Hit us. Oh, I have a few this week, so I'm trying to pick which one. She is. Well, we'll just wait. <laughs> Why is it risky owning a falafel shop? Sometimes the chickpeas on the floor. Oh. It's good. It's good. <laughs> what, what, what did you not go with? <laughs> what? What is the first instrument uh, a music enthusiast, uh, a record collector, learns how to play? What? Oh, there's two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> joke is structurally compromised. A uh, recorder or a vinyl then? Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> no, no, Craig, no. <laughs> no, no, she does not. It's like Jimmy Carr. We're back for his 24th birthday and okay, we can have right. more jokes then. Okay, cool. <laughs> this uh, has been no encore. This has been no encore for this week. Uh, first of all, thanks, Sarah. For, uh, we'll, maybe we'll have you back in a year. You know, Please, after God. You, after you've worked on it. Um, thank, thank you, Sarah, for coming in. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Follow uh, at, is it at Sarah Hedeman on Twitter? What's yeah. your There's at? an underscore. Oh, I'll be the underscore. And of course, he's no longer craven and gutless. He's oh. careful and gracious. He's Boom. Vincent 
What's your middle name? Jonathan. Jonathan Casey. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, it should go without saying, but we'll say it again. If you haven't heard uh, Learning to Growl, Overhead the Albatross's uh, debut record, which came out earlier this year, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and you should get involved straight away. Incidentally, uh, I know you were talking about the whole back-to-back thing, Roshi Murphy, two albums recorded at once, put them out within 12 months of each other, and that kind of completes the picture. Yeah, the second album is out uh, in uh, just after the summer. Bingo, I knew it would be. Fantastic. And that's an exclusive for everybody on No Encore. <laughs> that, uh, and also it took three years for the first one, three months for the second <laughs> it's one. It's coming out on mini-discs, well, <laughs> which we can all enjoy. Craig Dave Co- remembers from when he was two. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a life. I've lived many lives. Craig and Colin, thank you so much, guys. Thank Cheers, you, brother. Man. And uh, I guess to play us out this week, because I haven't really prepared anything, let's just listen to that great Sia song from the Neon Demon soundtrack. This is called Waving Goodbye. This has been No Encore. My name is Dave Hanready. Um, that's how I usually end and the show. And it's his birthday! And it's my birthday! <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you next week when it won't be my birthday anymore. But I'll still talk about it. <laughs> When past I was your lover Coors Broke up You became another I'm with the enemy in my back When the voice in my head tells me
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Do you have my glasses case? Right, so that's the latest, latest from... Ooh, Ooh sponsored by Little. <laughs> you don't own me. No one can tell you how to travel as you are. Orbitz wants to help you discover where you want to go, who you want to go with, and what you want to do when you get there. Visit orbits.com slash pride to book your next trip. Orbits. Travel as you are. So just let me be myself to say and do whatever I think. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.